What's shaking cats and kittens? Rob Lee here, and today's episode of The Truth In His Art is sponsored by a new online art platform called Fire and Bliss Creative. Fire and Bliss is the first art platform that I've seen that focuses on the art of the LGBTQ plus BIPOC and ally artists exclusively. And I have to say, the pieces are amazing. Whether you're looking specifically to add diverse art to your collection, or you have a space that needs a bit of updating, every single print on fireandbliss.com has been created by a diverse, independent artist who maintains full control over their art and their profit. I worked with Fire and Bliss to curate a collection of my favorite pieces, like Somewhere Blue by Wodrich Francois. Shop my favorites at fireandbliss.com backslash truth and get 20% off your first purchase at Fire and Bliss. Again, that's fireandbliss.com backslash truth and use the code truth for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to The Truth in This Heart. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today I have the privilege of speaking with a painter based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His paintings and works on paper examine the fluid and contradictory nature of memory and place with an emphasis on color, multi-layered systems, and process. Please welcome Tim McFarlane. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So we got to start off, like, for those who are undipped unfamiliar <laughs> give us those vital stats uh he told the listeners about you and you know i said the the copy and paste you know introduction how do you dis- how do you introduce yourself how do you describe your work um yeah sure so um you know i'm born and raised in philadelphia i'm still you know still living here but i've been to a lot of other places um i've been making art now for since high school at least so that's like you know <clears throat> 40 years <laughs> years so it's at least for like 40 years or so um and uh, yeah, and art has just been my life, you know, like the first time I remember um, uh, making something that I felt like was my own was uh, cutting up uh, one of my mom's shoe boxes that she wasn't very happy about. And I made like a, a cardboard, little cardboard man out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the first, that was, I was about six years old when that happened. So um, it was a trip. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you're you're starting off with that like that first like exploration into art, I used to um I was one of these kids that I wanted to be an engineer when I was younger, right? And cool. I would get these different pieces from like uh like department stores, like the tags and stuff uh-huh. and those little clip ones and I would yeah, like yeah. make them into almost like Lego figures. Yeah. And you know I got in trouble, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, why are you taking things off the the dresses? It's like, look, man, I don't tell you, I, I want to make this. I want, I like transformers. I don't know what to tell you. Exactly. I used to pick up stuff off the street. I used to um, find when I was a kid. I used to find like broken toys, broken toys and whatnot. Yeah. And um, I would just like bring them, bring them home. I fill up like shoe boxes full of stuff, and then I just start gluing random things together. And, and you know, it drove my mom and dad crazy because I had yeah. all this stuff out there bringing it off the street. They're like, boy, what you bringing on this dirty? <laughs> I clean it up and stuff, but you know, they didn't see it like that. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Now they would, they would say, you know, uh, found his, his process includes found items and blah, exactly. blah, blah. <laughs> you know, that would, that would be a thing, not to slag off on that, but it is still like, depend, and that's why I think it's important to, to have like ultimately we speak for ourselves right so right. if someone asks me what do you do i'm like i'm a cultural curator at podcast mm-hmm. whereas you know someone may say oh you're this type of artist but you may not even you may reject that term you know what i mean right, and, right. you know but people will find a way to elevate like if you're on linkedin long enough you see mm-hmm. so many like uh sequel evangelists and things of that nature it's like 
there's no religion in there. Like, what are you saying? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't put a label on it myself. I just, um, I mean, I just call myself a painter. You know, yeah. that's how I refer to myself. Um, cause that's mainly what I do. I mean, I, I make other things, but that's, that's where my base is. You know? Yeah. So, Speak a bit more because I, I had it in that initial line. Speak more on some of those uh, themes that you pursue in your work. Yeah. So um, lately, I, I mean, I, I think the thing about time and memory has been something that I've dealt with um, for a long time in my mm -hmm. work. Um, and uh, and lately, uh, I've incorporated use of what I call glyphs in my work. And glyphs are basically these made up um, things that almost look like letters, uh, yeah. but they, they don't represent a particular language or anything. Um, so, and that's uh, all that comes from, um, observations I make, you know, in environments about like how people, um, affect the environment. So, you know, people like will throw up tags, graffiti, um, and then people will throw up posters, you know, and then, um, someone will buff that out, you know, and then someone yeah. will come along and throw up a po another poster and someone tag over that. So then like that gets worn away or torn up. And then, um, so you start seeing all these histories intersect, um, in a space. Um, and it's by like, and basically you may not know exactly who, who did what after a while. So all these lives are sort of building up in this space. And, uh, so all these stories are coming together. Um, but you don't know who did what. And the way I construct my paintings um, reflects a lot of what I see where like um, in my paintings, there will be uh, passages of like, say, like the glyphs that are, you know, I'll, I'll start with like maybe a, a couple of layers of them. And then I'll, um, I'll, you know, I'll like, you know, paint over that paint or paint part of that out. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go and do something else on top of that. And then just keep going and going, going, building layer after layer um, until I decide to stop. And I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's done. Um, so it's sort of, um, I'm not looking to replicate what I see in the street directly, but it just, uh, I, I like playing with space and I like playing with people's, um, uh, perception of, you know, the painting and the space in the painting. So sometimes it'll look like in some areas, it'll look really flat and in other areas, it'll push back in space. And there's all these different things coming together, um, in, in one place. So, and, and, and thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so, huh, learned, learned a new word today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that? Was it glyphs? <laughs> oh, glyphs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've seen it's like, oh, like the prince symbol, right? No. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I call it a glyph, but yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah, people aren't familiar with, you know, I, I think about, so I, I think of them almost as like a, a, a language that, uh, something that might be referred to or might compare to like maybe hieroglyphics or some early language that we don't necessarily know. We don't hold the key, um, for, all of it, you know, sure. in terms of like what, what means or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I did a project, uh, a print project last year, um, that's called Tomorrow's Conversations. Not last year, year before last, actually. Um, you know, the pandemic times, again, at that time. <laughs> flat circle. Just done. I don't know exactly. where we're at. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I did, it's called, uh, Tomorrow's Conversations and it's a print project where, um, I worked with a, with a printer and we worked through the Brandywine workshop here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
So what we did is, um, and it was during the pandemic, it was during the first lockdown and everything. So we had to, um, figure out a way to, you know, get, you know, communicate with each other and, and work on a project. So I sent him, um, some, uh, some drawings I did, like, you know, three or four, no, four drawings. And then, um, and these, these started doing some printing. Um, and so we, wound up with a what's called a varied edition where like uh each print isn't the same image but yeah. it's a, a different image that plays off of these five uh wood blocks that we did um so anyway long story short they you know sort of some of the um process some of the thinking of behind that um uh goes to like what if in the future what if somebody unearths these, if they're still around or something like that, if someone finds some of my work or something like that, you know, will they try to like, you know, um, decipher it in some way? You know what I mean? So, um, will there be, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know, but that was the idea I was playing with past and, and past and future where like in the past, we've looked at old languages and tried to decipher them and maybe in the future, you know, someone might find these and just like, you know, wonder, you know, if this was, if this meant anything and try to piece a meaning, piece meaning, you know, to it, um, yeah. where I'm not placing any particular meaning onto it other than a relationship to writing or whatever, or and communication. That is it, one of these things that, that stuck out to me. Um, I remember this, uh, an evening with Kevin Smith. It was a thing I watched like years back and, mm-hmm. You know, he he was Catholic and he was talking about religion and all of that stuff. And he started having like a crisis of faith. And uh, it was around the time he did this movie Dogma. And he he was talking about like, and I was reading the these stories at the time, so it definitely resonated with me. He was talking about like Aztecs and Incans, Mayans, and all of that stuff. Like, yeah, they you know worship the sun gods to be very mm-hmm. macro about it. And mm-hmm. he was like, and we laugh at their religion. He's like, who say we're going to look at ours and they, we're going to perceive it the same way a hundred, two hundred, three hundred years from now? Right. And that's kind of what it made me think about. Like, as time passes, what may have meaning or a certain meaning or no meaning that all shifts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's shifting all the time. So, um, so, you know, I mean, I'm not expecting anything out of that, but that was like part of the thought process. You know, it's like, I'm not, if I work last, you know, another 500 years, great. If not, I mean, I won't be around to see it anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, these podcasts are going to live on. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted I, I moved this question up because I thought it was relevant to kind of where we were at earlier in the mm-hmm. conversation. I didn't want to you know go too far away from it. So I read that creativity in in children right is is great because it's unaffected by critique, uh, mm-hmm. comparison, or even ego. You know, children typically when you're you're creating to create, um, and we both kind of you know having our anecdotes about it. Um, and as adults, we get further away from that, and sometimes we can reconnect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you agree with? And how do you tap back into that childlike creativity or exuberance? Um, you know, yeah, I do think, yeah, we do get away from it because of, you know, any number of reasons of getting older, you know, taking on responsibilities that the world sets upon us, that society sets upon us and everything. Um, and I, 
I mean, I do think we can we can tap into that. It is it won't be the same because you know we we know too much. We right. we've been taught too much. You know what I mean? As kids, like you know, as little kids, like you don't re- you know you don't have the experience that you have as as an adult. So you know, it, the world the world's a blank page, a blank canvas. You know, mm-hmm. so um, but I think we can definitely tap into it if we're if we if we allow ourselves to remain open. You know two different things and allow ourselves breathing room um to change and to you know um you know and, and be open to discovery you know what i mean keeping that keeping a fresh eye on the world and whatnot and that can be hard to do mm-hmm. you know for a lot of us when you're like you know you got bills to pay you got to like be somewhere you got a job you got to do you you know you have all these things you have children to to teach and and to raise um you know a lot of that can get in the way of um you know that childlike wonder sometimes but um i find as an artist that and um i, I only say just as an artist but i would say as a person who has you know chosen to pursue art and, and remain open to a lot of a lot of different things um you know i think maintaining some sort of um openness about learning and you know wonder about the world and the universe you know like i i i, I used to like you know i grew up on comic books man i used mm-hmm. to like you know and i still read comics like still read graphic novels all the yeah. time you know um and i used to try to draw the characters all the time and i remember and I, I used to always like, um, and I still like astronomy. You know, I'm still like, my mind is blown by, you know, just the thought of like a, a galaxy being like, you know, thousands of light years away. And we can get a, like a little glimpse of it here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're looking back in history too, when we you know, look at the stars, you know, so that, that's another thing that, you know, um, there's another little wrinkle there. So, um, or, and just, you know, I, I think just being able to step outside of like the everyday, your everyday life, um, you know, can help, um, you know, maintain some of that. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think that's one of the reasons why just curiosity, right? Like uh-huh. when, when I do one of these interviews, I make it a point and sometimes people don't get it, but I think it's mostly for me selfishly uh-huh. not to really talk too much to the guests before I get on, because it's like, I want to be able to discover and that, that exuberance, that, that, that wonder is mm-hmm. there of like, let me, let me learn more. And it's like, right. yeah, I'm going to keep asking you questions, but if you right. know a lot, you don't want to be a fanboy. And I think, you know, right. you being a comics guy, that makes me really laugh because of what I was telling you about earlier. But, um, yeah, you know, you, you want to be able to balance, like, in terms of like asking questions, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I, I learn stuff. And it's like, and I wasn't kidding when I said, Oh, I learned a new word because now I'm just going to bring that up in the conversation. Yeah. So right. when I was writing these glyphs, it's like, shut up. Doing anything. <laughs> exactly. Cause I, I would throw, I, I will throw out a $5 thing I learned. And right. you know, one of the things I told someone, I was like, this podcast is about me stealing. I was, y'all just haven't right. realized it yet. <laughs> well, the best artists steal. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I tell, I mean? I tell people, I was like, yo, there's nothing new in podcasting and there's nothing new in it. I was like, there may be people that approach things differently. Like you could have this conversation or you could have an interview with several different podcasters. It's not going to be the same as this one. And I think that's the thing that that sets one aside and embracing one's weirdness and strangeness. Mm -hmm. But really the crux of it is 
I'm a person interviewing people who I think are interesting. That's right. literally it. <laughs> right. No, that's cool. And that's, you know, and that's a really basic thing. And that's, and that's sometimes those like really, um, when you have something that's that, that direct and simple, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It, it can, that, that opens up a whole world. You know, when you come to it with like a full set, that's like you said, we haven't talked you know, before yeah. this, and when you come to it with a full set of like expectations and knowledge and everything, um, then that sort of like starts to narrow um, possibilities, I think, in some, you know, in, in some ways. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, one of the things, uh, color is one of the things of many about your work that, that really sticks out to me. Mm -hmm. So tell me about color and, and how do, how do you use it in your work? What does it represent in your work? And are there common colors that are in your palette? Like, look, I need to put out there some rage, black rage. It's <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, color has always been something that I, that I've really enjoyed. Um, and I, I also make work that's like, you know, black, white, and silver, more like gray tone, monochromatic as well. Yes. Um, but, uh, but color has always been something I, I always loved learning about and wrestling with, you know, from the very beginning in high school. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if I have a, it's just funny. I've been looking back at older works because I have a bunch of older works with me. Um, and I've been looking back at some stuff and I have seen some threads going mm -hmm. back, um, in terms of color, um, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, but, um, but one of the things that I started doing early on when I was in school is I started not using black so much because I remember having a, um, a, an assignment one time, you know, where, you know, we weren't supposed to use black or something like that. And, um, I found it really interesting and, and it's really sometimes like a, a little bit of a challenge to find colors. But what I, I like making chromatic, um, black. So I'll mm -hmm. mix different colors together because that's basically what black is, except that, you know, but I'll take different colors, like, you know, deep browns, um, deep blues, you know, some reds or whatever, and, you know, start mixing them to make, you know, to make a dark, to make a black, you know, yeah. because um, I, I always kind of felt um, that somehow, like a lot of times, like, like just black in, in painting was um, cheating in a way, you know what I mean? I mean, not really cheating, but, but, um, but I, I feel like when you make chromatic blacks, darks, um, it, it enriches, you know, the darker areas of your painting in a way. And, you know, someone will look at your painting and say, Oh, that's, that's a warmer, that's a warmer dark area than I thought. That's a, that's a cooler dark area. Um, so that sort of things, um, uh, that sort of thing, um, really, interests me, you know what yeah. I mean? When I see, like, when I look at artists' work and, you know, they're doing something that's just, like, out of the normal for, you know, some things in terms of color. You're almost able to get some gradient there, too, right? Where mm -hmm. if you're, you're playing with that, it's, oh, it's essentially black people. Uh, you know, like, I had this, I had my, my, I, <laughs> stupid. I was with one of my buddies the other day, and he was like, man, we're the same color. I was like, no, we're not. And right, he was like, right, I, right. I assure you, we are. He's like, yo, somebody bring a paper bag over here. He said it into this crowded restaurant with white oh, people in there. <laughs> it, it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> so that's essentially color, right? No? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, so, that's, that's funny so i got two more real questions for you before i get to my rapid fire ones mm -hmm. uh now people i i, I think in the literal sense like 
not in a goofy sense because again i've been doing uh i've been reading uh 48 lost power and just really doing a deep dive on robert green stuff and um you talk about like masters and things of that nature so and for you who are, who are the masters for your like creative interests it's like i have an aspiration to kind of follow what this person may have done or i really get influenced or i'm really um reinvigorated when i see work from this artist mm-hmm. who are masters for you in that regard um so, I mean, this old master, like Caravaggio, like in terms of old masters, like Caravaggio is like pretty, pretty up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, um, then there's like Cezanne. I really like how he builds, how he, his structures and how he builds his, builds his colors and his forms. Um, uh, and then there's people like, I would say like Richard Serra. Uh, who's a sculptor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just really admire his commitment to what he's done in terms of working with steel. Um, there's people like Jack Whitten, you know, who like use very unconventional means to construct his paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's, there's a, there's too many to even mention, honestly. You know, there's a lot of people that I look at, you know, yeah. even even peers of mine that, you know, I'll look at their work and like, oh, okay, so and so you're doing that now. All right, that's cool. You know. Um and then there's, you know, there's people in music. Like I I I look at Bjork as a pure artist because um, you know, her music isn't for everybody, but I really admire how she pushes uh, how she's always like sort of pushed like creativity with like with her songwriting as well as you know like the music and technology. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been something about her that I that I really admire, you know, as a as an artist. Um, yeah. So <laughs> no, no, and, and and that's the that's the thing. You're an overachiever because you actually answered my following question. In there. <laughs> so appreciate you on on that regard. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's um. You know, there are certain people that I just see what they do and it's like, I admire what you guys are doing. It's like, whatever that lane is, I think when you make a lane, like, I really like what Donald Glover does, what he's attached to. And whether it be film, whether it be music, whether it be just like, look, I'm going to do this musical with Rihanna and I'm going to have a Cuban accent and this is what we're doing. Right. I, I admire that because it's like, you're you're creating and yes obviously it's going to be ego driven but also it's like it's a weirdo i embrace the black weirdos mm. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what i look for and yeah you know i you know you have these uh you may have questions that are uh like battery questions for people right like, you know i used to ask like who are you rocking with michael jackson or prince <laughs> and i use that to determine where they're at uh-huh. and it's prince bat- for me same and yeah. <laughs> it's the black weirdo thing is, is my, my, cause, you know, my, you, you, you know, my, my girl mentioned this thing a minute ago. She was just like, look, uh, Prince was like the first black weirdo that made it really cool. Like you could deny that. So it's like the answer, I guess, is for me at least, I didn't really get on the Prince until after he passed. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like Prince when you're, when you're older, Michael Jackson when you're younger. Mm. As far as like that pop appeal, that yeah. kind of, and then when you get into the musicality, it's like, oh, this is dirty. Oh. <laughs> but man, I grew up on Prince. Yeah, I, yeah. I was there from the beginning, man. And I was like, when they play certain things on black radio here, like they played, um, oh man, when they played Soft and Wet from one of his first albums, <laughs> from his first album, and they played it on the radio, I was like, 
I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, yo, y'all playing Lady Cab Driver next? What are right, we doing yeah, here? There you go. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it was it, that was a trip. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I love and admire Mike Michael, but yeah. Prince was the person that like kept you guessing. He was always like pushing things. You know, he was always doing stuff that was just just you know out of the norm. You know what yeah. I mean for for a lot of musicians at the time. You're, you're broadening what it is to be very pro-black while right. not fitting into what that box is. Exactly. And exactly. I think that's what I mean when I say like that black weirdo thing. Because mm-hmm. I used to do a podcast uh, called Unofficially Black. And it was me and one of my good buddies, uh, Greg. And uh, we used to talk about like, man, I like wrestling. I like this. I go there. I will travel. I've been mm-hmm. to Philly for wrestling so many times. <laughs> and, wow. you know, you'll talk to people and it's like, why are you wrestling? Ew. Why are you right. spending money on that and it's like look yeah. this is what i'm into right, you know? right. i mean i yeah, had yeah. on the way up but you know still yeah yeah i mean i was just you know i was i was like i was one of the when i was younger i mean you know i was in high school in the 80s and like you know i was one of those kids wearing like you know long duster all the pins on my yeah. on, you know on the on the coat um you know i and and that was it you know it was like you know, oh, you like that white boy music? I'm like, yeah, yeah whatever, man. I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I like everything, though. You know, yeah. I'll go from Miles Davis to like ministry. You know, so say ministry. I, I, look, my, my girl, my girl's into that tune. She'll make fun of me. She's like, la la la. She's like singing like vampire music. That's what we okay. call it. <laughs> I was like, let's go to a show and wear the ruffled shirts. This is these are the conversations <laughs> we have, and yeah, this is what it is. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, uh, I want to um, transition to the rapid fire portion of the show, oh. the, the rapid fire portion of the evening. Okay. Uh, so I got a couple questions for you in here, and um, they're all over the place, but okay. it's, it should might I might have to change it to random fire, but uh, <laughs> try to answer these as shortly as you can. Okay. Um, okay. So what's the first thing you check out when traveling that gives you a temperature of the culture of a place? So you go to a new place. What's that first place you're going to? It's like, okay, this is wild. Okay. I can hang out here. What is that thing that you look for? Um, I'm going to go wherever the locals are going. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like if it's food, especially if it's food, you know what I mean? I'm going to go where the locals are going because that's how you know that like something's authentic and it's good, you know, and it's probably going to be really good. Um, So, yeah. I dig it. Um, I usually look for the neighborhood. I look for something okay. in that vein. It's like, oh, there you go. Oh yeah, that's always gonna be food. Oh, it's safe. Great. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, or it's like if it's like a few too many skateboards. It's like, all right, I don't know. I don't want to be around here too late. Um, which, which, which comic character do you relate to most? Oh God. Oh, I man. put this in recently because I told you I was gonna troll you. Oh man. <clears throat> um, what comic character do I? I uh, I, I think, oh man, I kind of relate to like, I, I think, I, I can't say it's like one, but I would say the X-Men. Okay. You know, because, you know, you kind of, like, you, you know, like, because they're, they're kind of like outsiders, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. Okay. I'm a big Colossus guy. Oh, yeah, yeah cool, uh, cool. Yeah. Um, I remember the arcade joint back in the day. My brother and I would get like the off kilter ones. It's like, I got Colossus, he would get Nightcrawler. That oh, was okay. A, that was the gang. Uh, Couple more. I can um, do. I can do Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah. I can see myself. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but in terms of like comics overall, I'm probably a little more Marv from like Sin City than I would like to admit. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to grab a dude by his head. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't out yourself here, man. Um, which, you know, since you're you're in Philly, you're a Philly guy, uh, <laughs> what Philly food is a must try? And let's not do the, hey, here's the tourist attractions, because you know I've already had them, those, right, those two right. different places. So um, what is the well, one see, for you that's the underrated one that you're saying, you got to try this? Oh, man. Um, so I, I don't eat meat. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm a pescatarian, basically a pescatarian, so I eat fish. Um, oh, man. There's a few places that we go, but um, I'm trying to think of, like, I've been eating, been eating a lot of pizza lately, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this place called uh, Stina. Okay. It's a restaurant, Stina. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. They, it's like a Mediterranean, um, place. And, uh, they, but they make these, like, these really bomb pizzas, though. Okay. I like to hear it. I like to hear that. I had a um I went up to the last time I actually traveled I went up to uh to Providence okay. and went to this place that had these really dope pizzas and I'm trying to have someone down here and well in Baltimore replicate uh this pizza I had it was like oh, wow. oysters and it was like sliced potatoes I was like this is fire this that's so funny speaking about potatoes because my girl and I we went to um this place that basically has an identity crisis um but. <laughs> They, um, but they made this pizza that has, uh, that has, um, octopus and mm. potatoes, you know, on it. And it's like a white sauce, white cheese and yeah. everything. Oh my God. But it was so good. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird, but it was good. <laughs> I realize I'm playing myself because I'm on this fast and I'm just talking about food now. I'm moving on. I want to move <laughs> right. on. I want to move on. Um, All right. What hashtag describes you best? <sighs> I'm coming up with the hits, aren't I? Wow, yeah, you are, man. What hashtag describes me best? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> hashtag Tim. <laughs> hashtag, yeah, that's about it. No. Um, <laughs> um, hashtag, uh, hashtag don't know what to expect. <laughs> that's just just concatenate that right there just bring it all together there you go bring it all together <laughs> uh so this is the last one which is also going to be one of those who's like come on man uh this is one i've worked in recently I, i've had one misfire usually for a question to come out of my pool of questions uh-huh. uh if it doesn't go over well i have to remove it if, it, if it's like three times and it doesn't work i gotta remove right. it uh which rumor would you like to start oh Wow, Which that's a good one, right? Like start? Um, it could be self-aggrandizing if you like. <laughs> uh, oh, the rumor I would like to start if it's going to be self-aggrandizing. <laughs> rumor I would like to start is that I'm going to have a solo show in uh, at MoMA in the fall. Oh my! You, I, I need to be on a VIP list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you in mind. I'll pull some strings. <laughs> so. That's it. That's pretty much it. Um, oh, thank awesome. you for, for, for indulging me in my, my random rapid fire. And I want to, again, thank you for being on this podcast. And two, I want to, um, also invite you and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check your workout, um, your social media, all of that good stuff. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so on social media, I'm most active on Instagram and that's Tim McFarlane Art, uh, T I M M C F A R L A N E A R T, um, on, um, on Instagram. Um, I have a website to McFarlane.com. Um, 
And I'm, I'm also represented here in Philadelphia by the Bridget Mayer Gallery. So you can see my works there on their site as well. Um, if you're coming to Philadelphia, last year I completed my first public mural, and that's at 10th and Callow Hill. It's called Bound Together. It's on the northern side of uh, Chinatown. Here. Say have it, folks. I want to again thank Tim McFarlane for coming on to the podcast. And um, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around your city. You just got to look for it. Oh,